Welcome to Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba. The programming that you're about to see was taped earlier this year. Clearly, so much has changed since then, and unfortunately, a lot of uncertainty and fear remain. However, the issues and the topics raised in this edition of Lessons in Leadership will still matter once we get through these very challenging and difficult times. So without further ado, Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato, and this is Lessons in Leadership. What is it about? Everything you've ever wanted or needed to know about leadership. That's my colleague, Mary Gamba. Mary, tell folks, now this started as a radio show with our partners at AM 970 in New York, the Missing mm -hmm. Podcast. Now all of a sudden we're on video. I know. It was a crazy idea even to begin with 75 episodes ago when we started the idea of doing the radio show. And then we said, wait a second, we've got something here. Why don't we just take it and do a little bit more and put it on video? That's right. And by the way, we'll introduce our colleague, Elise Glennon, from the New Jersey Sharing Network in just a minute. Um, but you know what's so fascinating to me is that what we try to deal with is very practical leadership issues. And the fact that we're in this studio here at East Main Media Studios is not an accident. The fact is, one of the themes that we push very often in the coaching that I do, I do coaching and, and seminars and, and, and a whole range of work, including... This won't be the last time this happens. This book called Lessons in Leadership by Steve Adubato is innovation. And the whole idea of going on video and being able to have a video platform for potential broadcasts at a later point, not an accident. Correct. And I think really when we started talking about the need for not only listeners, but also viewers to understand the importance of leadership and how it works in all aspects of life, it just was a natural fit. It is. By the way, um, let's introduce Elise Glennick. Elise, here's the thing because it's fascinating, I'm going to make this transition. A big theme that we have when we talk about leadership is teamwork. Now, first, describe your organization, the role of teamwork in what you're doing and saving lives, and then we'll connect it back to the teamwork that it took for us to be here today. Go ahead. Good morning. Thanks for having me here, Steve. Um, you know what? Organ donation and transplant, like you said, um, does not happen without teamwork. So at New Jersey Sharing Network, we're responsible for organ recovery for transplant across the state. Um, and in order to make a transplant happen, it requires the teamwork of our entire organization. Who's on that team? Break it down. From our, our transplant coordinators to the folks in our call center uh, to the people at the hospitals who are helping to identify potential organ donors, um, all the way through our family services team who, who, who are there to support families uh, in their time of need when they're losing a loved one, and then kind of cross over to the other side, the team waiting at the transplant center for the organs uh, to support the transplant recipient and, and their families. Um, additionally, you have mm. our entire public affairs team who is trying to educate the community so that they don't first hear about organ, organ donation in the hospital when their loved one passes away. Uh, so it requires so many different people, so many moving parts, uh, and certainly a lot of teamwork. And when Elise talks about the, um, the public awareness, the public communication about it, we are partners at our not-for-profit company, the Caucus Educational Corporation. For several years now, we've been promoting doing public awareness around organ and tissue donation. But real quick, before I go to Brian Brodeur here at East Main Media, things go wrong. Inevitably. Now, we're trying to build a studio. I say we. I didn't do anything. <laughs> they did it. They're trying yeah, to build a studio. You were here yesterday with your hammers and nails putting up the walls. It does take a team 
things go wrong, but if things go wrong when you're trying to build a studio for a, a podcast radio show that's going on television, okay, you deal with it. I'm thinking things go wrong in organ and tissue donation, life-saving, margin of error not the same? Right, not the same at all. Right. The, the work that our clinical team does is, is so critical and it needs to be right every time. Um, something goes wrong along the way, uh, you lose you know, potential organs and people on the transplant waiting list don't make it. So we, we, our teams are incredibly trained, incredibly compassionate people, very dedicated to the work. Um, and they really, they really just don't stop. We, we operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and the support teams behind them are important too. You know, our, our, your mm. basic support teams, finance, IT, you know, if, if the computers go down, so too do the medical records. Well, real quick on so that, all sorry for interrupting, um, we talk about leadership and excuse me, listenership in another segment, but here's the thing. I imagine the communication has to be more precise, more direct, more specific, more concise, more timely, more everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the clinical teams are obviously, obviously everybody has a phone, but every single minute of a potential organ donor case is communicated with the teams that are on call that day mm. um, in, in every moment because every decision is critical. Um, we do have administrators on call every day who are involved in every decision. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not linear. It's not, you can't say, well, you know, if this happens, then you're supposed to do this. And if this happens, because every person is different, every medical situation is different, and you need leaders in that area. When you talk about leadership, our administrators on call are the type of leaders that have to make split decisions. They have to be able to process information very quickly. Uh, typically, any case is not like anyone before. Are they so you all have leaders? to have instincts. You I'm sorry, for, are they all leaders? Uh, I would say they are. Our clinical so teams, one. they all have to be. There's not they one, how I'm the quarterback, I'm the leader. Uh, it's not that. Well, technically, there is one. There is one quarterback, the administrator on call. In title. In title, yeah. But in reality, yeah. everyone's a leader. They have to be. They have to be able to think quick. And I think that's such a key component of being a leader is having that instinct. So watch this transition um, from saving lives to building a studio. So Brian Bordeaux here at East Main Media. Let me ask you, you and your team. Uh, I would say about a month or so ago, if I'm not mistaken, we started talking about the possibility of doing this. You know, some interested interest in, on some broadcast, when I say broadcast outside of radio and our podcast. And by the way, Mary, tell folks how they can get the Brian, I swear I'm going to get to you. Um, tell folks how they can get to us. <laughs> sure, absolutely. There's a lot of different ways that people can find us. Uh, first and foremost, if they want to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, they can do so at Steve Adubato, PhD, A-D-U-B-A-T-O, for those listening on radio. And they can also subscribe on Apple Podcast as well as on Google Play. And also, as always, we have a bunch of free resources on our website, which is stand-deliver.com. We have free articles, more information, and links to all of our past podcasts as well. Got it. Brian, back to you. Question. Several weeks ago, mm -hmm. we said, hey, there's a possibility we could do this. What did it take? And you're going to leave out a lot of details because the reality is we'll never know. <laughs> you get a challenge like that, an opportunity like that. You say what to your team about, hey, we have to build a studio pretty darn quickly in order to get this done. Go ahead. Well, you trust in the team, right? Um, I couldn't confidently move forward with uh, supporting an effort like this 
what we're doing or anything uh, unless I had 110% confidence in the team. And, you know, our operation here is is both post-production and obviously production here. And I have to know that we're going to execute. And that's number one. And once you have that in place, you move forward and you make it happen. And, and one, I was going to jump in. One thing that was really interesting, and Brian, I think mm-hmm. you're leaving out an important part. You didn't say, oh, maybe we'll get this done. <laughs> it was, we are going to get this done. And regardless of what that took from start to finish, whether it was staying here probably until after midnight last night, getting mm-hmm. all the walls wall situated, but the process, it was never a question of if, it was just a question of, I will get this done. And that also is a great communication and leadership attribute because it gave confidence to us that it will be done. We knew it was going to be done. So Well, that demonstrates your trust in us, which mm-hmm. we appreciate. Thank no, we're you. We're praying a lot too, but go ahead. Well, so is I. <laughs> <laughs> the walls could fall down at any moment. Um, you mean that facetiously. I just want to be clear. <laughs> uh, yes, they are very secure. Don't worry. Uh, you know, think of it this way. If, if I wasn't confident in pulling this off and I said yes anyway, that's a huge risk because that puts your operation at risk. And I can't do that as a, as a producer and, and with you as my client. So it all works together. You know, it's the partnership with you and the teamwork. And, and again, the confidence with JP and Andrew and Kayla and everybody. You know, it's interesting about that. We have certain props around here. And by the way, the books are absolutely real here. There are all kinds of leadership books that I've been collecting for my seminars and, and workshops and coaching. Isn't it easy to say, quote, make it happen, building a studio, Saving lives, organ and tissue donation. But what happens to a leader or for a leader and his or her team when, frankly, I often think about this. I was coaching a client the other day, and he said, Steve, sometimes I'd lose confidence, and my team then lose confidence in me. And all I could think to coach him was, I said, look, Bob, fake it. He said, what do you mean, fake it? He said, but I'm not confident. I said, listen to me. If your team smells that you're not confident, even if you're not really confident, It has a trickle-down effect, and it's not positive. Elise, how do you deal with the fact that you're not 100% confident? Tell folks about the huge event, a couple events you have, like the big walk every year, the walk run, right, which is? Which is our 5K celebration of life in May and June. Yeah, we get about 10,000, 12,000 people across the two events. Yeah, just a few, and we've covered it every year, but here's my point. How hard is it to be act confident when you don't feel confident as a leader? I know exactly what you're saying, and I, and I totally agree with that. I totally agree that uh, leaders of any organization have to maintain the calm and the, you know, it will happen. We're going to make it happen. It's going to happen. Yet, you know, something might go wrong, but we have to maintain um, that forward look and and I hope my team's not watching so they don't know you're telling me to be <laughs> you're well, talking about is me it like the, Mary, let me get this right, the analogy. Uh, so on the lake, I always get this wrong. So who's paddling on the lake? The the the, the duck? Are you talking about the duck, duck on the yeah, okay, on the what top? Does the duck he looks, look like on the top of the water. He looks perfectly calm, like everything's just okay, and he's slowly gliding on the top of the water and what underneath the surface. Underneath? His little feet are going super duper right, duper right. fast, and that's a great analogy. You don't want to yeah. see them. No, you no. Don't want your yeah. team to see you know, those feet. I have to tell you, I was on an airplane last week, and the pilot said something. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> and I looked. I actually looked at the person I was traveling with, and I said, 
that was the wrong words to use. I said the pi- so the pilot says so it was a little like um, we were waiting for the plane to start to to take off, and the pilot commented that his co-pilot hadn't arrived yet. That's why we were delayed. But what he said was instead of just saying we're going to be a little delayed, the co-pilot's on his way, and then we'll get going. You know, like confidently, he said something like. I don't know what happened to my co-pilot, but he's on his way and, and blah, blah, blah. And it made me feel <laughs> like, well, was the co-pilot having an extra drink? Like, what was yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I felt like, uh, you know, I always like to use the pilot analogy because when it's turbulent, the pilot just has to say, just put your seatbelts on. We're getting there. No problem. You know, you hear any fear in that pilot's voice. It it evokes mm-hmm. fear to everyone else. But at least what happens if he doesn't really know where the co-pilot is? He should fake it. He shouldn't so tell us. He should not. T- I mean, to me, I, uh, the tone of his voice and his unknowing, you know, yeah. the pilot should know everything. Building relationships, at least to me and, and our company, Mary and I, just if you're watching us for the first time on video, Mary and I have been working together for 19 years. We have a great partnership and a collaboration with our company, Stand and Deliver. It not only produces this product together with East Main Media uh, Studios, but we do seminars, workshops, five books, and now on leadership and communication. None of that would have happened without this young lady right here. But people often say, oh, Steve, you build great relationships with people. And and I'll say, have you met Mary Gamba? And the answer is yes. What I mean by that is often, quote, behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. you are strengthening those relationships at the core. Make Absolutely. it clear to folks. Because some folks might say, well, I'm not the CEO. I'm not, not out front. Why? I'm not the head uh, of, of, the, of the, by the way, Joe Roth is the CEO as we speak, as we're talking about this right now. But Elise is a top executive in the organization, heads the foundation. You don't have to be the top, top. You don't need to be the top, top. And oftentimes you are out doing what you do best and I'm behind the scenes doing what I do best, which is simply, we always talk about caring, that you can't teach caring. And I genuinely do care about every single person that we connect with on a regular basis. And if that means understanding what they're going through personally, maybe they have a family member that's sick, maybe they just got married, just doing that extra little touch, whether it's sending a note, sending an email, just saying thank you, or just saying, hey, we're here. We haven't spoken in a while. Those types of things. I learn from you and, and also with through writing the books together and being a lifelong learner. And that's really just key to building those relationships. It isn't like I have a list of people and say, I'm going to go and I'm going to build relationships with Bob and Linda and Karen. Check today. off the box is not the yes. way. Checking yeah. off the box is mm-hmm. not the way you build relationships. We have a client and a friend, a really good friend who's going into surgery literally mm-hmm. tomorrow as we speak. Yep. And you and I talked last night. Mm-hmm. It's not a, Hey, look at us. It was we do a lot of business with them. Yep. She's a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. She's close to us. And we wanted to make sure she knew we were thinking about yeah. her. And a perfect example, you would share that with me. I had already heard about it just earlier that day. Which probably. I didn't know you knew. Go exactly. Ahead. And at that point, I had already sent a note and said, hey, thinking about you, let you know. And of course, there's nothing that I can do. But just letting them know that you care and that you're thinking about them sometimes is, you know, really all they need at that moment. Final point on this before we let Elise go. Is leadership, in your view... Given the way Mary and I have been talking about this, given how many late night conversations not only I have with Mary, but with Brian as well, that he's like, is he calling again? Um, what do we have to deal with? Meaning we, we invade and we, com- let me put it this way. We communicate sometimes off business hours. We have, we're there for each other and we deal with difficult times together. Is leadership on some level very personal? as opposed to in The Godfather, one of my favorite books, it's here somewhere. In The Godfather, there's a great quote where they're trying to, Sonny's trying to teach Michael, his younger brother, about something, and Michael's very upset, which is ironic, because Sonny's the hothead, and he goes, 
it's, it's not it's not personal. This is just business. This is nothing personal. Is it personal yeah. or business <clears throat> or both? I think it's I think it's definitely both, and it's it's very organic, and it depends on the people. It depends on the circumstance. There, there's there. You said it before. There's not a textbook way to do this. And, you know, every, every individual is different. Mary just talked about it. Everybody's circumstance is different day to day. And it's, it's organic. You have to kind of go with the flow. I think one of the, the most frustrating things I get asked from like marketing firms that we work with is, well, what's your, what's the ask? What's we need to have the ask. And I'm like, I, it depends. The ask depends. You know, when I, when, if I'm, I'm at a networking, like yesterday I was at a, a, a networking event. Right. I'm not walking around the room saying I have a specific ask Here's of anybody. Here's my car. Can we have your organ? Right. That's, exactly. That's not exactly. a great ask. No, it's, it's a casual, a organic slogan, conversation. Right. It could be. <laughs> but um, is each and, person have a different circumstance? And that's why the ask, if you will, is different is based different. on the situation. Right. So I just speak my truth. Hey, what, you know, what do you do? Here's what I do. And then the person will say either, in yesterday's case, real stories, tell me their entire life story about how they became a bone marrow donor. Um, someone else uh, shared with me that his brother-in-law, when he passed away, donated his cornea. I didn't ask, do you have a connection? Do you have this? What is your, you know, what do you want to do? Um, because people want to get involved with us in different ways. They may want to be an organ donor. They may want it. They may work for a company who wants to sponsor the transplant game. So there's and it's not an ask. It's it's how can we help you fulfill your your philanthropic mm -hmm. goals? Um, it's not just one sided. It, it's also it has excuse to be me, not about the Mary. One of our chapters in lessons in leadership, which is about empathy. You know the tagline. Mm. It's all about. All about them. It's all about them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly them. what I was just trying to say. But it exactly. is. It's all about that's them. Exactly. Because when it. we think it's all about yes. our stuff, got to sell our stuff, got to no, sell no. books, got to mm -hmm. get this podcast out there, got to. Okay, we know you have to do that. Right, and especially mm -hmm. with organ donation, when you're that person going into a room of a family member who is making that really challenging decision and having that level of empathy, and of course you can't really know what they feel like and what they're going no. through because, again, everyone's unique, but empathizing is all about just putting yourself in that person's shoes mm -hmm. and how would I want to be spoken to in that situation because right. it right. must be super challenging. And by the way, before we let Elise go, um, what you've been promising to, do, promising to do for 10 minutes, but that's what happens when you get into a very interesting conversation here is that Elise's personal story, she'll only share so much, but I remember meeting your husband um, and he had right come off the Today Show. He had been doing the Today Show and not just to do the Today Show real quick. Did right. it because? He did it because he decided to donate his kidney to a stranger and be the leader, the first person in a kidney chain that is still going on two years later. The kidney chain is several people involved. Go and ahead. he donated to a stranger, and that stranger's daughter donated to a different stranger because they were not a match. Um, and so that chain has continued. He just had his two-year checkup yesterday. He's doing very, very well. Um, but it, obviously, that's a sense of leadership as well. And that's after personal. the Today Show, he was getting contacted from all over the country on people finding him on Facebook, asking to speak with him about his experience. Wow. And uh, he had two choices. He could have ignored those and just gone about, you know, he did his donation. He doesn't have to do anything else. He oh, saved yes. someone's life. That's it. But he chose um, to continue to pay that forward and take a leadership role uh, in that. And he talks to anyone and everyone who calls him who's either in need of a kidney or considering being a, a, a living donor themselves. Well said. By the way, I'll stop with the props in a second. Mary, you can't see what this says. Not yet. No. Actually, pay it forward. I do pay a very forward. good vision. Mm -hmm. You know, th listen, 
The other thing I use very often, because I screw up, leaders screw up very often, but some of them, whether in Washington or Trenton or Albany, regardless of where you're watching us, or corporate America, what you never hear when people screw up is this. Sorry! Sorry! Mary's like, you actually did that. I, I'm just amazed by the amount of, um, this is our first show, and the fact that you have that much going on oh, oh, right now at your station is fantastic. I can only like imagine. Mary, it seems like Mary just implied, because it's our first show, excuse what Steve is doing right now. <laughs> but uh, I'm realizing I need a lot more props. So. Yeah, but I also don't think you realize that your annual performance review with pay and bonus I is coming up in a couple well weeks. well aware, yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, Elise Glenn, I'm going to thank you so much for the Sherry Network. Uh, Sherry Network, um, Transplant Games coming up when and where again? Plug. July 2020. Where? Uh, in the Meadowlands area. American Dream, Prudential Center, NJ Pack, MetLife Stadium, and a bunch of other, a bunch of other um, venues throughout. Well done. You are a great leader. Say hello to our partner and friend, your colleague, Joe Roth. I will, absolutely. So this is Lessons in Leadership with Steve Adubato and Mary Gamber. We're coming to you again, our partners and colleagues at East Main Media Studios. Uh, our initial broadcast on the television side, on the video side. We thank you for watching. We'll be right back. I promise, right? We're going yeah, to break? We're right after this. Mm -hmm. It's the first time I've ever done this. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato with my colleague and co-host, Mary Gamba. Mary, that was a fascinating conversation with Elise Glennon. It, it always is. Elise, um, and we didn't mention this before, but she's also on our board of the Caucus Educational Corporation. Sure important to note. And she's just amazing. And to literally say that you are saving lives, it's so inspiring. And to be able to lead that effort, it's just always great to hear her uh, share her stories. You know, it's funny. She was talking about um, partners who make things happen, whether it's mm -hmm. with the transplant games or wherever it yep. is. And I just want to make sure that folks know that the only way we are here, other than our colleagues mm -hmm. at East Main Media uh, Studios who have made this happen, built all this in just a few days, frankly, we have folks, our sponsors, the folks who support us every day, New Jersey Resources, uh, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, mm -hmm. and a range of others. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's also Gibbons. Um, I'm even going to go to my cheat sheet because I can do that. Uh, and what about Valley? I, I was just looking at Valley. You saw where my eyes were going. We've got NJIT, uh, which is a wonderful partner of ours. Um, in addition to the NJ Sharing Network, we were just listening sure. to Elise as well. Sure. Um, and the list goes on, PSE&G, um, and then we have the Raspberry Foundation, also a really great nonprofit. And as we do this series, we'll continue to promote all yeah. of our other great friends. And the reason is we want to say thank you. Because exactly. Mary and I are big on the idea of gratitude and appreciation and simply saying thank you. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple other things. Again, I don't like props that are not used. It's like, oh, it's just a prop. What are you doing with that? But this is one that's interesting. Mary said she liked this. You see this one? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you see it on camera. Tell everybody yeah. what it says. It says, falling down is part of life. Getting back up is living. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have another one. I always say it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It's just that you get back up again. That's the most important thing. But what, it, it's the same. Well, then what about people who say, I can't? 
It's funny that you say that. A long time ago, I I made it a point to not put can't in my vocabulary. Really? It, yes. It, it it is a word. It's a horrible word because it means that you're not willing to try. And even try, I try not to use too much. I I'll try to get it done. I'll try to get it done. Which is not the same as the other one we had. Where is it? Uh, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, how how effective would this be if it said, I will try to mm-hmm. make it happen? Yeah. That's not leadership. Well, it's, it's a cop out. It, it is one of those situations where it's a lot easier to say all the reasons to make excuses. And we deal with leaders all the time through our firm Stand and Deliver where they say all the reasons why they can't do something. I can't get that done in time. I won't be able to do this. And instead, if you see it as an opportunity to say, I will get it done, you will get it done. And again, just looking at this great studio, Brian and his team at East Main Media said, we're going to get this done for you. And they got it done. But they could easily have said, mm-hmm. it would have been fair for Brian and his team to have said, and by the way, you hear this from contractors and plumbers mm-hmm. and carpenters and people outside of that particular oh, yeah. world all the time. They'll say, you know, I can't make any promises, but we're going to do our best. Now, I understand that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my wife and I, Jennifer, have this conversation all the time because she's an entrepreneur in business and she'll say, yeah, I'm going to try to get that done. Or, oh, Jen, you, right. you, to me, mm-hmm. I believe you have to say, we'll get that done, even if you're not sure how right. to get it done. Now, or, she always gets it done. Right. But my thing is to say you're going to get it done. Say you're going to get it done. And the other thing that I hate is if they under promise and then they say that they're over delivering because they knew that they would have gotten airlines, for instance. Oh, boy. They tell you, hey, we're going to get you there at 3.30. And then you end up leaving a half hour later, but somehow you got there at 3.15 and they're like, woo, look at us. It's because they pat on time. I mean, no offense to the airlines, but it's common sense that if, a, you know, it's they not like you cut. They lower expectations. They lower expectations. Strategically. And there's people that do that in business and you're doing a disservice. You should say what it is, when you're going to get it done, and then do everything. In your, and of course, things are going to happen. Right. Where you don't get it done. Sure. But you just really need to commit to what it is that's going to happen. The other thing, we have a, about three minutes left. I want to let folks know that in this Lessons in Leadership podcast, radio show, and uh, folks are going to be seeing it on the air as well on the broadcast TV side. What's often interesting to me is that so much of what we talk about when we talk about leadership, people say, well, you're going to build a whole thing around leadership. Well, the reality is, at least the way I look at it. Leadership, the word leadership could be replaced with the word life. Yeah. I can't think of one aspect of leadership, whether it's being a good listener, as mm-hmm. I was interrupting and you reminded me before, falling down and getting back up. That little sign right yep. there, tell folks yep. what it is. Uh, this one, especially for people on radio, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And as we always say, be comfortable with being, get, uncomfortable. being uncomfortable. Well, someone says, I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're not going to grow. Meaning I get that you're uncomfortable. We all are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if we won't try to work through it and learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable, is that really just about leadership or is that about life. Oh, absolutely. And oftentimes the things that scare us the most are the ones that are most worthwhile. So whether it's something it may be, oh, I, I want to go and get my master's degree. Well, it's super scary. Do I have enough time? You could think of a million reasons why it can't happen. I got the kids. I have I got all these the responsibilities. Kids. I've I got this. I got I that. And it's scary. Or it could be totally making a career change. How many times do we deal with people that are, are literally changing careers, going from business into healthcare. It's terrifying, but usually something that is super scary is really, you know, having a family, really worthwhile. It's super scary. And then once it happens, it was worthwhile. One of the things Mary and I are going to talk about uh, in this Lessons in Leadership series as well that we have not touched on, if they're all the years we've been talking, uh, we change our curriculum 
in our seminars and workshops. And one of the areas I really like is that leadership in life, mm-hmm. being good at it, not average, but good, right. also means balancing. You know what? The term work-life balance never works for me mm-hmm. because there is no balance. Right. I like to use the term, you ever hear me say this, work-life integration. Integration. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. The difference is if you say work-life balance, that would mean that, all right, if you have a 40-hour work week, 20 is going to be for work and 20 is going to be for life. Number one, life isn't linear. It's not easy to say, oh, today I'm just going to work eight hours. It's not well, a maybe math equation. It's not a math <laughs> equation. Things are going to happen in work and in life. So to say that it's balance is not going to work. But integration, it's bringing them together, realizing that there, there can be overflow from one to the other. And one other quick thing, not just in leadership, but in life. I was joking a little bit about using this button before, but how often have you had to say or couldn't say or wanted to say and didn't say, sorry, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I apologize. It's terrifying. Why is it so hard? It's so scary. It is. Because you are admitting that you did something wrong. If you say that, hey, I'm sorry, Steve. I admit it, I'm not perfect. Okay. Exactly. up. Yeah. Where is the... The downside is in not admitting it. I agree. But for many people, including myself 15 years ago, I hated to say that I was sorry because it's acknowledging, Mm. oh, my gosh, I'm not perfect. And I made a mistake. Join the club. I know. All right, Brian. Brian Brodeur is giving us this signal. I wonder what this means, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to use my imagination and say So that's all the time we have for Lessons in Leadership with my great colleague, Mary Gamba. And again, it does take a team because we would not be here I would not be doing what I'm doing if it weren't for her, and we would not be here if it weren't for Brian and his team. So, Mary, that's it. That's and folk, it. Tell folks uh, they'll yep. see us next week. Uh, see us next week, absolutely. Hear us next week. Hear us, see us. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Yep. Check you out next time, folks. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825.